you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hand Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light of flame, boys. Pig skin's hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Welcome back to another edition of the ATL Debate Club. Just kidding. Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. Dan Hans is here. And to my left, the reason why we rolled out that OG theme song, it's just me and the great Mark Sessler today in the studio. What's up, Bob? That felt right to me. I mean, I I don't know why we don't go back to this two-man format more often. It feels pure. Do you mean in 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 like perpetuity, just moving forward? Yeah, I mean, maybe when they wipe out the entire like digital side of our news operation, we wind up at some local radio station in San Diego doing something like this. Well, you know what? It's good to have options, and this is reps because reps. Wes, Wes out today, Greg back in the field. Uh, where's Greg today? Greg, I believe, is in uh, San Diego. No, or, excuse me, Los Angeles, Costa Mesa, outside of San Diego. All right, a lot of different things. A lot there, of locations. He's with the Rams today, and uh, he'll be back with us on Friday. Hopefully, Wes as well, but we'll see. Uh, but today, it's just you and me, Mark. And the, our show, if you are newer to the show, you may not be aware, and we even have Alex Wilk behind the glass, who's our original producer, that the Around the NFL podcast started as the ATL Debate Club with Mark and I tacked on to the back of the Dave Damashek football program. Yeah, solid. A runt. 11 or 12 minutes, you know, at the end of a 180-minute show by Dave. So, solid also is – that's one way to describe well, it was very, the early episodes of our Let's program. put it this way. We, we tried to go back and listen to some of these shows on our website. They are no longer findable for the most part on our site. Is that a bad thing? Not really. I think the league at some point said, scrub this out of existence. <laughs> so, uh, Well, they're not going to scrub this, baby, because we're back. Anyway, this is also a video show today, so if you check out NFL.com slash ATN video, uh, this will go up live 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Eh, if you're overseas, figure it out. What do you want from me? Middle of the night for you. You know. Anyway, big show today. Big show, just the two of us, but a lot to talk about. Uh, in Texans camp, some bad news for their offense involving Will Fuller, their firmer, former first-round pick. So we'll get into what went on down there. Uh, then our training camp spotlight series will roll on uh, with uh, the New York Jets and their uh, murky quarterback situation. We had to squeeze this Jets segment in while Greg and Wes were away. Yeah, this is the perfect time. And Wilk, really nice job if you're watching this video show, has this labeled as J-E-T-S, ugly, ugly, ugly. How about your ugly, brah? Feels accurate. Nice job, Wilk. Uh, I want your quarterback, by the way, Mr. USC. And uh, finally, uh, uh, a little talk uh, about the New England Patriots. It's always fun to talk. Should be fair and balanced. About the Pats and uh, what's going on. Uh, a very difficult first world problem they're dealing with. Yeah, they've been through a lot, and I think we'll dig into that. It's, I, th- I think you're gonna, it's going to generate some sympathy for that club. Yeah, so all that coming up, uh, including we wanted to hit it on our last show. We're not able to get to it. Just too much talking. 
That's one of the problems with our podcast is that we talk too much. And sometimes that re- that we can go the route where it's a, a you know, a 140-minute podcast or we just have to cut down the show. Well, what else would we be doing on an audio radio program? <laughs> just the amount the of The amount. Talking. It's too much. And I speak for myself as well as the rest of you. Uh, I thought I did a fine job. In the, I don't think I overspoke. I, I, I was very controlled in the last episode. A considerable amount of speaking from you as well, Mark. I studied, you know, I'll have I, to go back and track I it. Study I study every was... show and and track it like a like a pitcher like charting pitches for uh, some saber metrics. Made. Little saber metrics. I strongly disagree with your findings. Um anyway, so we had a bump mailbag on Monday's show, but uh today's show we will bring the mailbag bag in a good way to I like to say interface with the listeners. Yeah, I mean, I think last week we were kind of struggling for last show for a, for a topic. It was a bit of a patch of an idea, and mm-hmm. somehow it's existed into a second show. Yeah, and uh, finally we'll we'll cap the show uh, with the return of a satellite hero who has to get something off his chest. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Uh, but before uh, we do any of that, we got to catch up on the news. And uh, to do that, we say hello to Sully behind the glass. Fellas, this is a jam-packed one. It's going to be a good one today. I hope so. A lot of people behind the glass. What's your pre-show grade? Uh, let's see. Just me and Mark. <laughs> okay, uh, Mark and I go way back. Yeah, Do it. Old uh, intro. Uh, let me, let me, hey, Sully, you asked me the question. Yeah. Now let me go through the process. Okay. 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 I mean, Mark and I are friends. I love each other. Ups and downs through the years. <laughs> Wives hang out. They like each other. Uh, miss my other buddies. B minus. B minus show today. All right, here we go. Let's do some news. No days off. No days off. No days off. Okay. <laughs> Let's get the show back on track. Uh, we'll start with, yes, the Houston Texans. Bad news there. Wide receiver Will Fuller, the first-round pick in 2016, broke his collarbone, uh, Mark, I know you like to say clavicle, during practice. No clear timetable for return. This is coming from Rap Sheet. ESPN first uh, reported the development. Uh, 23 years old, uh, 47 catches last year. Uh, maybe underwhelming considering the amount of hype about him coming to Houston, but a lot of that, you would say, Mark, probably points to their issues at quarterback. They were hoping to really get him and Hopkins side-by-side going this season. And now, especially a clavicle injury, it brings to mind Carlos Rogers way back in the day with the, uh, with the Lions. It's an injury that can come back and haunt you. Um, of course, Tony Romo, another example. Bad news. You like to say clavicle, I think. I, I prefer the more common man version of collarbone. <laughs> which I think more people understand. But I, the simpleton's clavicle, I call the cl- collarbone. Braxton Miller, Jalen Strong, these guys are going to have to step up now across from DeAndre Hopkins. You know, with Fuller, he was he was so fascinating to watch early in the year last year, 200-yard games out of the gate. Never came back and repeated that. I mean, he, he really, I think, struggled with drops. That was a huge issue for him to focus on this offseason. But it's bad news for whether it's Tom Savage or especially if it's Deshaun Watson that wins this this battle, that suddenly you're losing your deep threat. This is what's been missing in that offense for so long, and now they're missing it for a good long time. Well, it's just the two of us. If you could help me out, I said Carlos Rogers. It was Charles Rogers. I, you have to understand that, that when you're speaking, I'm basically just <laughs> thinking about what I'm going to say. So I'm I'm rarely going to you know help you out on that. I got front. you. I got you. I caught myself there. Uh, but now with Fuller out. 
DeAndre Hopkins, again, a lot of pressure on him to be the entire offense. He was able to be that two years ago. Last year, maybe not so much. And now they have to uh, put the focus on to Braxton Miller, um, a former quarterback, a, a third-round pick, um, 15 catches last year. They're going to need some people to step up in this offense. Well, how about Jalen Strong, who's really been, I think, pretty underwhelming. I mean, that's where these guys as a group have to make it happen. Uh, moving on, more injury news. This one, very tough for the Rams. Defensive end Dominique Easley um, has suffered a torn ACL in practice. Rapsheet reported it. Uh, it is the third time he has torn uh, his ACL uh, twice in college, and now he's got to try to rehab for a third time. A first-round pick of Bill Belichick back, back, Belichick back in 2014. They cut him early last season, but he had a nice year with the Rams, kind of an under unheralded guy on a bad team. And now you have to wonder if his career is in doubt. It's hard to come back from that many ACLs. It's been done, but it's hard. Well, it's been done by Thomas Davis and just a few others. I mean, it's it is a it puts him into a rare group and not a pleasant group. And uh, you know, the Rams, meanwhile, it looks like Ethan Westbrooks is someone enough to step up for them, but they are paper thin. They're rather thin. I know everyone says, you know, hey, Wade Phillips is coming in and everything, but they are thin at sort of every level of their defense right now. So it's it's a big challenge for them out of the gate, and they can't afford to lose any more of these guys. Uh, our buddy Pepper Spray is very high in the Rams' defense with uh, Wade Phillips. I would not put anything past Son of Bum, but you're right. They are not a team that could take a bunch of injuries. Don't have Aaron Donald on the field right now. No, he'll be there, though. Yeah. Uh, moving on, other injury news. This one, originally, a little pull back the curtain move in our pre-prod meeting, we call it, industry talk. Uh, we were going to lead with this one. Sterling Shepard gets carted off Giants practice uh, with a lower leg injury, and you know this is always very bad news. Uh, 98% of the time when you see the tweets coming out down on the field, a cart coming out to get him, He's crying on the field. Almost always it seems to be a, a ACL injury, season-ending injury of some kind. This turned out all right. Low ankle sprain uh, for Sterling Shepard, uh, which is much better than the dreaded high ankle sprain, which can cost guys weeks and weeks. So we don't know how long he'll be out. Ben McAdoo said he's going to see how the receiver responds to initial treatment and go from there. Uh, but uh, Shepard seems to have dodged a major bullet because I think a lot of Giants fans, I would think, when they saw that, said, oh, my, this guy's Yeah, because, because the people who were there, and no, people didn't see the injury, but they saw, like you said, the response afterwards. And it was pretty fatal, the reporting. And it seemed like, wow, the Giants had just lost a really important second-year player for them. Brandon Marshall suddenly going to have to have a huge season if he's out. And that's not the case. And it's funny, it reminds me when we, they're in these training camps because all these teams are active and these injuries start happening invariably. That sort of the breathless reporting, where we we're we're, we're pumping out a post, and it, it it talks about all the possible negatives for the Giants. And three hours later, they're fine because of the right. Giants. Yeah, we Mark and I were talking about this downstairs. I've noticed, and I'm very happy for Sterling Shepard. He's a young ascended player, and we sure. you don't want him to have a a bad injury. But certain franchises, for whatever reason, I was saying, what I said to Mark was, you know, if if this guy was a promising Jets receiver, a promising Browns receiver. You know, his his ankle is broken or the knee shot. Well, teams like the Giants, they're just those teams that are run better but also seem to get some breaks. It ends up being, ah, not so serious. Right. If it's the Jets, it's like the entire, you know, uh, kitchen slash uh, dining area catches on fire and you lose half your defense. I mean, it's a totally different scenario for the Jets. Uh, in other news, uh, Jordan Reed, the Washington Redskins uh, receiver, um, 
he was put on the pup list. There was not a lot of concern going around at the time. It was expected to be a short stay. But uh, now uh, Redskins coach Jay Gruden announced that the tight end's injury might be something that they really have to be concerned with because Reed went to Charlotte to see a specialist about his toe injury. Uh, there is no timetable for his return. This is nothing new, Mark. I mean, yeah, the dreaded no timetable for return. I mean, he missed four games last season with a concussion, had a shoulder injury. He's had uh, lower body issues. Reed is one of the more explosive tight ends in the league, but he can't stay healthy. This is the reverse of what we just talked about, where it started as, you know, we're not concerned, we're being cautious with Reed, and a week later, you know, the scope of what's happening is getting more concerning. The guy has missed 18 games over four seasons. When he's on the field... Kirk Cousins is at his best. I mean, that offense absolutely needs Reed out there. And to lose him, you know, the concussion thing is a whole separate issue because that at any moment seems to it could completely derail his career. But if they don't have him on offense, if this becomes a lingering thing that goes into September and, and on and on, they, they are not the same attack on any level. In other news, uh, Leonard Fournette is the first-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Mark, I have a question. Yes. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, we're going to get to it in a second, but... Uh, in your whole life, I want you to guesstimate this. Uh, and I know you weren't, nor was I, a superstar high school or collegiate athlete. But I'm just curious how many trophies uh, you acquired from, let's say, you know, T-ball through, yeah, we'll go even softball, like our Shield Championship, I'll count, yeah. uh, even though you were more I don't know in an I'd... advisor role this yeah. season. Um, how many trophies do you think you've acquired in your life? I mean, very, almost none for individual performance. I mean, I would never be ranking high on that on that yeah. ladder. But, you know, I was on multiple teams playing constantly, some sort of team sport throughout my entire youth. So I, I'm thinking 30. 30, that's a, that's a fair number. I would say I would put myself in the 20 to 27 that range. That feels right, a little less than what I would have accrued. Uh, like People like Sully in the millennial generation with all the participation trophies, it's probably in the thousands, I would think, for you. Maybe, yeah. We uh, Quite a few participation trophies growing <laughs> up. Yeah. We didn't get nothing. It was like, you failed, son. Back to the coal mine for you. Double it meant shift. something, right. Yeah. Anyway, I bring this up because Leonard Fournette uh, of the Jaguars, um, he is, he's gained hundreds of trophies, potentially. I don't know. Some of the reporting here is a little dodgy. But the man had many, many trophies, and he's somebody that does not look back in the past. So he thought of an idea, or someone thought of an idea for him. Him and the people at Metrics, which they're a supplement company, Mark. Do you vouch for them on any level? I mean, I know of them. Okay. I'm not tied into them on any, well, on any way. These are the only guys we care about anyway. That's so. right. Um, a supplement, uh, supplement company at Metrics. Uh, they came up with the idea, what if we melt down uh, your trophies, brah, and turn them into weights for a local Jacksonville high school. And uh, the initial reporting uh, over at Big Cat Country, a Sports Nation blog for the Jaguars, was that Fournette had 700 trophies uh, that he donated, which you did the math. You, well, were, I, you were a 700 truther. I was, I, this got on my radar because, again, playing sports all year round, and I was given a trophy for every team I was on. It took years and years to get into what would be maybe 30, 35, 40 range. 700, I mean... You'd have to be splitting yourself into like multiple people and playing multiple <laughs> sports at the same time. It just and I understand you did track and you get individual ones for that, but seven hundred to me because we all try to break it down. It seemed like if you have about a 10, 11 year window sure. as a youth athlete, and he's like twenty three or twenty two years exactly. old. Exactly, it's not you know th this was a, there was a limited time here. You've got to be getting sixty to seventy trophies <laughs> a year, which it's like you're a salesman if you have a bad month. Right. If you aren't accruing two or three trophies a month. Right. How how does this? Got to be up? getting like trophies for finishing dinner. I mean, it would have been have to be just 
basic life functions. Oh, you woke up this morning. Here's a trophy. I called That's it out, it. and I was right. You nailed it uh, because they, uh, the writer of that piece uh, eventually said that some of the trophies were donated. But uh, the other point I wanted to make about this is this is one of those stories that make me feel kind of dim-witted because I can't process how a trophy can be melted down into composite parts and turned into weightlifting equipment. And then there's this video that that was posted along with this Q&A in which these like regular-looking dudes are just like, oh, yeah, we just take the uh, composite parts, take the trophy dust, put it all together, one, two, three. It's like, am I stupid? Well, I, I get caught up with the same thing because a lot of the trophies I had, maybe now they're very, you know, rich material, but a lot of times the golden athlete, you know, you know, hitting a tennis racket or shooting a basketball probably off the rim. Sure. Like is it was made of plastic a lot of times. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like high quality, like, you know, silver and gold. So you're you're melting it down and it just feel I think it's a very nice thing to do for Rains oh, High School. Really nice. No questions there, but overly complex process. Why not maybe donate actual weights? I, again, I don't want to, you know, hey, a very nice thing that they that they've done. So we'll, no disrespect. Mark me as no disrespect, I'm Rains. just saying melting uh, down. <laughs> I Let's move on. <laughs> it kept me up. Cost you time. You're a man who struggles struggles to sleep in general. I don't I, need this. You need this on top of it? No. no don't need that. Don't need that. All right. Uh, news for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Cam Chancellor. Remember when he uh, um, sat out a couple games over money a couple years ago? Yeah. That wasn't pretty. Uh, but now you don't have to worry about that anymore because Chancellor this week signed a three-year, $36 million contract extension, uh, uh, $25 million guaranteed. Does that count towards my 5 for $25 million curse for contracts? Not really, right? It's a little off range. It's a three-year deal, and the twenty-five million is guaranteed, as opposed to the total value. No, he's in the clear, officially in the clear. Good. Everybody, don't worry about it. Anyway, Rapsheet had the numbers. Chancellor coming off, uh, coming up in the final year of a five-year deal. He signed back in twenty thirteen. The ESPN first reported. Seahawks uh, later confirmed the signing. I will bring in Sully on this. Sully, you are yes, a, a Seahawks fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard buzz. I heard some whispers that maybe Cam was uh, maybe on the other side. Uh, last season, maybe not quite the player anymore. I think he needs Earl. I think he needs Earl Thomas. Those two together are really, really good. Uh, I think it was you can almost double the quarterback rating uh, when both of them aren't playing. Right. Um, so that duo needs to be together, and that's that's a huge move for Seahawks. I think what the Seahawks are telling you too, because there are whispers that Earl Thomas, who has I think two years left on his deal, could talk about retirement. Uh, he talked about yeah. retirement, but he also that was that was almost the same way that you talk about retirement as the shield the manager when you know you got to get out of that out of the fray That's that you true. were just in, and he did the same. But I if they if they extend Thomas down the road, it tells you with Richard Sherman that they absolutely are not ready to kind of move on from the Legion of Booms primary stars. That they still believe that if these guys can keep, stay healthy, because Chancellor and Thomas have not often been healthy together, not fully healthy. And if you can get them back in that way, I agree with you, Sully, that, that this defense can still be one and of the league's is, best. This is the last piece of the main core of the Seahawks that are together through 2018. That's so right. Bobby's, Bobby's locked down. Uh, Michael Bennett's locked down. So that, that defense is, is going to be good. There, there, have been, there have been you know discussions, whispers in the past that Pete Carroll at some point could decide to, to, to move on. So you wonder if maybe when all these Fox contracts – come up that Pete Carroll says, I'm going to go out with all these players, my players. Oh boy, Tom Cable finally going to take over? Football guy? Seems possible. <laughs> uh, clock's ticking for sure, and I, I will I will also say I always enjoy it when fans like Sully refer to 
players that they root for by their first names. Yeah, I did drop Bobby. Oh, yeah, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby's looking good this year. Bobby looks healthy. I can't stand that. I can't believe I did that. Sorry. I'm really excited about Bobby this year. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Sully. Good Seahawks information. Hey, Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job, folks. And everyone should know that the Ravens, they're still thinking about it. They want you to know. That's going to the Ravens' nest and see a statement released by the team. A statement. Just make a decision. Here it is. We are going through a – can we get our missive music by any chance? Am I putting you on the spot too much there, Sully? A lot of pressure on Sully. Here we go. This is from General Manager Ozzie Newsom. We are going through a process. We have not made a decision. Steve Bishotti has not told us we cannot sign Colin Kaepernick, nor has he blocked the move. <laughs> Whoever is making those claims, he's wrong. Like that Ozzie Newsom. Is that a double negative up top? He has not told us we cannot sign. He's confusing me. Is he saying the opposite? I think they're trying to confuse you. I mean, it's clear that there's some – I mean, it, it, we – it's clear there's intense discussions going on about this because this has become something, a total life of its own. You know, by the way, when Colin Kaepernick finally gets on a team at some point, the world's going to move on. Three weeks into that, we're going to have to focus on new things. The fact that he's not, the fact that the Ravens are going back and forth with this is only putting it under a bigger microscope. Do we, do we need this statement? I do not need it, but there are a lot of things I don't need, but this would be one of the things I do not need. There were reports that, that the owner, Bashadi had made the decision that he didn't think Kaepernick was worth the trouble. So it sounds like, I mean, it's probably not hard to connect the dots here. I'm answering my own question that the owner, because the owner can do whatever he wants, says, hey, put out a statement letting everyone know I am not the bad guy here. I am not the one saying Colin Kaepernick can't be on the team. But I'm also not the guy saying that he is going to be on the team. I think it's because I think it's the coach and the GM probably really want this guy in their team. They need it. You got Ryan Mallet. You're, you're, you got Ryan Mallet position to start if Joe Flacco isn't in there. That's an absolute disaster and a season ender. So I think that the the football people really want this, and it's the people concerned about sponsorship, concerned about their fans. They got hundreds of calls to the complex. That's why this is so complex. Let's move on. Terrence Newman. By the way, one thing, I liked yeah. how you turned Ozzie Newsom into like a British war general from the Revolutionary <laughs> War. Thank you. It's well done. Uh, I appreciate that, Mark. Uh, thank you for noticing. Terrence Newman is, is a rarity in the, rarity in the NFL. Uh, he is a 38-year-old NFL quarterback, plays for the Vikings, and uh, he has never been to the Super Bowl. And uh, he, he equates that uh, to the parallels of another Life quest, you know, getting to the Super Bowl to him is the same as, and this comes from the Star Tribune, getting hot babes in college. You might get, you might get eye contact, maybe a smile, and then never hear from her again, right? So I'm chasing this hot babe known as the Lombardi Trophy. I got a couple looks at one point in time, distant glances, no smiles yet. I'm trying to get up close and personal to that babe. That's it. I got to end it on that. I mean, I'll tell you what. And if you're watching the video show, Lombard Trophy's pretty sexy. It is. It's, it's elegant. Kind of, kind of a babe. But I will I will say you have to be a, a near 40-year-old NFL player to be dropping hot babe. Uh, you would never hear that from a first or second-year player. I will say this. You're running or into this. Or a 10th-year player. We're running into the same problem that I had with this post. As I wrote the quote, the quote is great, and there was really nothing else to say. I ran out of other content. I realized after offering to write this post that there was a sentence or two that I tacked on, and I thought, 
I'm not sure the world needed more than just the quote. <laughs> what am I doing here? Just let it stand alone. Yeah. I. Uh, what are some other kind of outdated terms, uh, descriptors? Fox? Oh, she's a real fox. Yeah, that's out. That's out. Um, bad news for Connie Fox uh, that that didn't carry over. Uh, Abraham Lincoln? Was that ever like a real that thing? Wasn't that, in my, that wasn't in my lexicon, Dan. Is that a Wayne's World something thing? I was using. Babasaurus Rex? Is that around anymore? I mean, I did not call a person this necessarily. How about Acha-Cha? Definitely not something that I leaned on. I mean, it's over for Hot Babe. I, I mean, it's know. been over. It's yeah. He pulled it out of. He pulled it from the grave. Let's put it back. Put it back. Let it be. Now it's at peace. That's a beautiful woman. That feels kind of. That feels also awkward. I don't know who you're telling this to, but I'm sure you know. Yeah. I've talked with you outside of work. I know what terms you you like to use for people in general, people that you like or dislike. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, Robert Kraft. Ah, meanwhile on the throne of ease. New England Patriots won their fifth Super Bowl title in the Kraft era uh, back in February. Uh, and guess what? What? Kraft says there is no more room for Super Bowl banners at Gillette Stadium. I mean, I mean you gotta you got to have some onions <laughs> to come out and say this to, to a public that could be filled with Jets and Browns fans. Onions! Revolting. This via the Boston Herald, we had a problem. We had no more room uh, to put banners, so we had to change the construction around. So we have a surprise for our fans. Oh, I am so excited for this freaking surprise. I cannot wait (laughs) until we get to see on the first game of the year, Thursday night, uh, about a month from now. I can't wait until the pregame show where – your boy, Bob Costas, breathlessly describes how they built an entire new wing at Gillette Stadium to house the Super Bowl banners. You gotta have some onions. Well, this gets to on. Brag like this. This is, I mean, as a Jets fan, Dan, for you, this is just another chapter in the absolute, you know, inglorious scenario between your team and theirs. I will say this. How about, about winning for, with grace, with dignity? Well, with doing your job. That's out the window. They talk about do your job. This isn't part of the job. You, you can't see that this franchise has been through a trying offseason. You suddenly realize that this sort of, what, 10 by 15 foot cloth banner, there's nowhere to put it. You can't see that that would cause some sort of turmoil inside the building. You're totally heartless against that trial that they're going through. And that Belichick chant uh, at the parade. Yeah. Your cadence has to be a little quicker than that, Bill. They don't have everything figured out. They think they have everything figured out. Well, they even don't. the drunken masses had a hard time keeping up with that. Yeah. So. All right. Let's just move on because I'm very upset now. Uh, oh, here's something I want to talk about. I think it's time. You know, we visited it last week. This is something to keep tabs on. Uh, it's time to check in on the pressure valve. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot going on uh, with Brown's second-year tight end, Seth DeValve. The buzz continues to build as we delve deeper into camp. We're in the second week of Brown's camp, and the promise is there. That's why I want to examine it further in this week's edition of... Oh, I'm doing it again. Again. Pressure valve. All right, we're going to take you through some documented Seth DeValve news. July 29th, Patrick Max of the Brown's official website tweets, in quotes, Hugh Jackson praising second-year tight end Seth DeValve says he's stronger, bigger than last year, in quotes, he's hungry. Oh, good. 
And Jul- younger because he is young as well. He is. July 30th. NFL Network fantasy analyst Marcus Grant watches coaches' film of second-year tight end Seth DeValve's two highlights <laughs> from last season and tells me in a private MySpace chat, Seth DeValve is as if Rob Gronkowski and Kellen Winslow had a baby and sent it to be tutored in a distant land by Ozzie Newsom. You have private MySpace chats with other dudes in 2017? Marcus and I do. We go, we go deep on the fantasy. You know, That's almost suspicious. I find it suspicious, but I'm, I wanted to be honest. There's almost no internet footprint for anybody on MySpace anymore, so I feel like that's where you would go where a forensics team would not be able to dig it up. Would you rather that I create lies in my reporting? This is, no, how, no, we, this is how we contact go each on. other. August 1st, Veronica Lilly from Veronica Lilly Sports on the web.net tweets that Seth DeValve was leaving Brown's camp for his Spartan furnitureless studio apartment and discovered a kitten hobbling in pain through a green meadow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Valve ran to the kitty cat, picked up the tiny animal, and cradled it in his six foot three, two hundred and forty five pound frame. Placing the baby animal back on the grass, Valve showed no outward emotion as the kitty bounced around at full speed, darting to and fro, completely healed. Total gen- gentle giant move right there. August second, following a fourteen catch, two hundred and eighty seven yard, <laughs> five touchdown performance in practice, second year tight end Seth DeValve tells teammates he can't join them for a fish fry at Cody Kessler's apartment because he has somewhere to be. ABC News reporter Alexis Benz later files a story about a six foot three, two hundred and forty five pound mystery man wearing a number eighty seven Browns jersey and being seen fleeing a Cayuga Heights warehouse at intense superhuman speeds. Cleveland police later enter the warehouse and discover a band of 22 white-collar criminals tied up and gagged on the floor of the building. (laughs) Authorities later reveal that these white-collar hoodlums, a band of greedy ex-CEOs and accountants, had been working on a plan to strip the United States of all flying creatures, owls, eagles, hummingbirds, swallows, robins, seagulls, everything, which would pave the way for insects to destroy all of America's crops, allowing these greedy whites to control the food trade and turn our nation into a gaggle of vapid zombies. When police found this horde of tied-up white-collared criminals... White-collared whites. White-collared whites. They discover a message spray-painted on the floor of the warehouse, which reads, Please be kind to animals. (laughs) That's all we have from Pressure Valve. One, one more thing. The reporter from ABC, what was her name? Alexis Benz from ABC News Alexis, in Cleveland. You don't go reporting live that uh, you know there was an unidentified male. He's wearing a jersey with his name on it. Get it together, She Alexis. does not operate uh, solely in the sports world. I don't think she connected those dots. Uh, I've connected the dots for you. That was another edition of Pressure Valve. That was a good one, Mark. I'm I just, it's just it's what's out there. It's what I'm hearing. And I got a good feeling he might make the practice squad. I'm, I'm cross my fingers for your team. The arrow is pointing up. Let's move on. All right, it's time for today's training camp spotlight presented by New Era and uh you know, Mark, the New York Jets. Stop me if you heard this one before. They have quarterback problems. Well, I mean, I feel like since about age 12 that's been the case for them. My yeah. age 12. Age well, where's what, was that like 1969? I don't care. You can't. Ken O'Brien was a quarterback problem. They've always had well, quarterback I'm including problems. Including Ken O'Brien is a, not a not a potentially perfect solution. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, nothing has changed. In fact, you know the story that there's a lot of ideas about scam for Sam and the idea that the Jets are tanking to to get the first overall pick, uh, whoever that may be. Uh, we don't know who's going to come out next year. Blah blah blah. All that. So right now, the Jets have to figure out who's going to. Who's going to be their quarterback? And this is what it's come down to. And this is how I see it, Mark. You could jump in whenever you feel it's appropriate. 
Um, <laughs> I might just let you filibuster for five minutes here. So, <laughs> Josh McCown, the 38-year-old journeyman, you're you're very well aware of his abilities or lack thereof. Um, he is considered the favorite, uh, but I really do feel, and I feel like this speaks, I speak for a lot of Jet fans out there too, that uh, if Christian Hackenberg can play at all, Christian Hackenberg if he can, real? if he shows the any progress in camp, um, you just put him in day one because you just got to see what it is. There, there's nothing with Josh McCown to get out of it. Now, I will say this too, Mark. Uh, one voice that I really respect in, in the coverage of the Jets is Rich Samini, who said that it is short-sighted. He believes it's short-sighted to put uh, a young quarterback in before he's ready. I don't care if, you, if you're a team that's rebuilding. If you don't put in a quarterback that knows what he's doing, uh, it's going to mess up all the other progress of your young players. You try to, try to understand what you have on your team, what you want to keep going forward. Um, do you think that is the better way to look at this, which makes Josh McCown, assuming he's not a complete disaster in, in training camp, the right guy right now for the Jets? Josh McCown has dominated first-team reps in camp so far, which that can all change. But I don't think that you can go into meetings with your players and your fellow coaches if Hackenberg or Bryce Petty look very average, which is very possible, and say we're going to start someone other than Josh McCown because you're – you. I get, I get what the potential plan here by the front office is, that you're going to probably get that number one pick. Josh McCown is 2-20 and 20 over the past three seasons. He has played for the 2014 Bucks and the Browns on the past two, two years, three of the worst teams we've seen in the last decade. Right. He, and so here he is on maybe even the worst of that group. But you cannot simply roll out Christian Hackenberg in week one and try to p- sell that to your fans and to your veteran players as a solution. Well, I don't know if that's a solution, but I think the Jets, even the Jets would be willing to admit, okay, we're a little worried whether this Hackenberg thing is going to be a total disaster or second-round pick last year. I, but I think like if – and Hackenberg has shown progress. We've seen reports that, he, that he's looked good, that he's gone through four practices without throwing an interception, which I know seems like nothing, and it, it is nothing mostly. But this is the same guy that he was being mocked for hitting reporters with Aaron Passes, who looked not even close to ready in the preseason work he got last year. So it's better than the other way where it's like Christian Hackenberg has looked like Blake Bortles uh, combined with Ryan Mallett. So my thing is, as long as he – if he shows enough that they don't feel like they are just giving themselves zero chance – just roll with it because how much more how much more uh, development are you going to get for the younger guys with Josh McCown? Josh McCown is a limited passer at yeah. this stage of his career. Here's the thing, and there are, there are a handful of teams that have young quarterbacks but are not good football teams and are in the running for one of these big-time college quarterbacks in the next year's draft. So I think for every one of those teams, you have to play your young quarterbacks. If the season doesn't get off to a good start, you have to see Christian Hackenberg. You have to see if you're Cleveland, Deshaun Kaiser, before you decide to go draft someone at spot one, two, or three in the draft. So there is a lot of logic to play Hackenberg. I don't think Petty is part of that equation at all. I, th- I think he is very much in the reps. Tell he's, the barely, yeah, he's barely he's playing. He's on the outside yeah. looking in here, as he should be. He's kind of like a 2-3 type quarterback. I think... That's what it comes down to. It's it's uh, if you get if you get, get Hackenberg, just as long as you get him enough starts where you can make a real evaluation. What is that? What about the second half of the year? Yeah, second half of the year, something like that. And if if you really think he needs half a year to come in after sitting out last year, that tells me a lot too. So yeah. what the organization feels about uh, Christian Hackenberg will a lot of that will be illustrated by how long it takes them to play him. Where are you on the P scale when it comes to? 
Josh McCown, who, by the way, Josh McCown has had a couple games where he's been very competent. And he is, I, I do believe in Josh McCown, if you were at a better team around him, that he could win you five or six games. Yeah. If that happened with the Jets, if he gets them into a situation where instead of going 0-9, like everyone predicts, that they're 3-6 and and they get to four or five wins, well, I mean, what's your concern level that this whole plan is going to blow up in their face because they're not going to be <laughs> bad enough? You said P-Scale? P-Scale is 10 because the Jets, no one's better than the Jets at, at messing up, being bad, but also not being bad, bad enough to get a good pick. That's why Marcus Mariota is not their quarterback right now, a couple of late, meaningless wins a couple of years back. So, yes, the, the P scale level is high. Just another reason why not to have McCown in there. The only thing he could do is hurt you in the long term. Oh, my God, it's going to be a wild season. Mar- be- I said it downstairs at the newsroom yesterday. This is the first time in my life as a Jet fan I'm openly waiting for the season to be kind of over. I'm excited about the next chapter, which is the draft next May, next April. I just want to get through this intact. Here's who I feel for. Your dad, who just retired. He finally has time. Life is going to be fantastic. He has time to really sit down and dig in with the Jets, enjoy a football season without having to worry about what's coming on Monday with work. And he's going to watch a, a ripe disaster. They're going to go 2-14, and 14, <laughs> and he's going to watch every snap because he's that kind of fan. Yes, he is. At least he has the Yankees. That was today's training camp spotlight presented by New Era. Speaking of New Era, uh, their NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV, UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There's no reason, there's no reason you shouldn't make the New Era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire. Available at retailers like Lids, NFL Shop, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. Except not my favorite team. They put everyone else's favorite team on the on the table here. I know. Let's move on. Up next. Well, you know, we had a lot of a lot of technical difficulties that we're dealing with in this show, Mark. Not only is it just you and I, uh, we're missing bodies, but we, original plan was to have uh, Connor Orr come in today, do a little Orr you kidding me. Uh, he had something to get off his chest. And he really did. It's never good. When he's not able to get things off his chest. In fact, when we tried to get the, the segment off the ground, we saw what kind of state he was in, and now he has to take that back into his household. Yeah, I think he may now have a second issue to get off his chest, which was the entire experience he just spent with the two of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something tells me he's going to keep his podcasting exclusively to the Heat and Light podcast going forward. Well, he was not he was not happy. but um, you know. Anyway, so we had the issue. We're not going to have Connor on. Also, another issue, uh, we... Uh, part of having Connor on, we're going to get Patrick Kagongo, who's up on the second floor. Uh, he's working on the creative uh, producer side, and uh, we're going to get the Axeman in here. We call him the Axeman. That's what that's what you call him, and now I will too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and have him wail away on his axe uh, during. Or are you kidding me? Uh, and, and and we're going to still have him on. Because wh- why not? we got to get Kagongo in here. He's got his axe. He's got his amp. So let's welcome Patrick Kagongo onto the Around the NFL podcast. Hey, Patrick, give us a little bit of a riffage. Very nice, very nice. Can you put your headset on, Patrick? Uh, Kagongo, uh, and we had a little issue um, we wanted to ramp things up with Kagongo and or are you kidding me? So not only <laughs> as that, he deserves, yeah, and not only that segment not happening, we also wanted to get a uh, to really increase the the Kagongo experience. Uh, so we said, hey, let's get a, a fog machine in here. 
for his riffage, and uh, and Sully and Wilk behind the glass doing their job. Uh, they said, let's let's workshop this thing. Let's let's make sure it works. So yesterday, uh, Tuesday, they brought the fog machine into the studio and, and fired it up. Fire is a good word because uh, it set off the smoke alarms and it led to the evacuation of every employee at NFL Media. We're talking 500 people. Could be 1,000. I have no idea. During the busiest day, potentially, that we've had in like six or seven and months. If, if you're watching the video show, we have audio, we have video footage taken by yours truly. truly no triple source needed. Boots on the ground. We have uh, some f- photographs here. And um, so no fog machine, no Connor, no are you kidding me, but we still have Kagongo. And... Uh, Hey, how about some more sweet riffage? Sure. (laughs) So, Patrick, just so you know, we're trying. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is really entertaining. This is fun. Uh, Things happen. Did we interrupt your day when the fire alarm went off? I would imagine you were busy when when this occurred. No comment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it's well, this podcast generates no revenue essentially for the league. That probably costs them four and a half, five thousand dollars. So, <laughs> be nice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it was nice working with you guys. So uh, here we go. Um, we're going to do the mailbag instead with Kagongo. Doesn't make any sense. There's no connective tissue. You're getting more Kagongo though. Yeah, but we we have an axe man ready to shred. You got to use him. So at some point, maybe this will be. We could do this together, Mark. When it feels right for a shred. Uh, you know, Kagongo will shred. You, you and him work in symphony. I'm going to allow you to to point out. You, you two are you've got a thing going on, a mutual artistry. So I don't want to interrupt. I will answer the questions when I'm asked. Way to pass the buck there, Mark. Okay, <laughs> then let's get into it. Uh, we'll start. And thank you to everyone that sent in questions. Uh, we'll start with uh, the O'Neill Factor at the O'Neill Factor. Uh, wearing an unfortunate Boston Red Sox cap. Uh, what's more likely, Brady? What's more likely? Brady wins seven rings. I assume he means Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wins four rings. Uh, Jameis Winston wins two rings. Or Trubisky, Mahomes, Kaiser, Watson win one. Oh, I kind of like this. Okay, so let's break it down. Brady's got five right now. Right. Uh, he's turning forty tomorrow, actually. Uh, but there is the, there is no ceiling on the roof, or whatever MJ said. Uh, so we don't know how much longer to hang on. The Patriots heavy favorites to get six this year. So that's interesting. Rodgers has won, still won, sitting on one, not getting any younger. So Four is aggressive. That's that's aggressive. Winston wins two. It's hard to even begin to try to process that. We don't know really where his career is going, although it's off to a good start. And then Trubisky, Mahomes, Kaiser, Watson. Just one out of the four of those names. What do you think? Oh, so that, not, that, that bottom force, and one of them needs to win one, basically. Yes. I am going to go with that because the concept of Brady winning two more, Winston winning two, or Rodgers winning three, it's hard to get to multiple Super Bowls. You could be Jameis Winston, win one, and never get back. Look at Cam Newton. We don't know what will happen with Cam Newton. I don't love this foursome. I don't know anything about them yet. Yeah, one I, of them's a Browns second round pick. So you're you're giving him like equal shot at the other three. Like, I just think you're asking four people to do <laughs> one thing more right. than one person to do thing multiple times. I think I think that's a Greg Rosenthal type answer. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like if you were someone that drove to the desert and liked to talk about things, uh maybe hang out with Spice Rack for a night at the pool, uh Brady makes the most sense. Just because that team is historically dominant, people are talking nineteen and zero, so he's only two away 
Rodgers needed to get a second one at some point. Yep. Uh, Winston, I don't know. So I'm going to go with Brady. So guess what, Patrick Agongo? The Patriots win yet again. A little throne of ease riffing. All right. <laughs> that was the do, Yeah, we can do a little better than that. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got you here. All right, moving on. Here we go. Uh, this one from Neil Ricard. I'm sorry if I get the names wrong. Looks like he's drinking a tasty beverage. Rockin' Ricard. If the Packers fail again in the playoffs or fall short of them, will we finally see the end of Teflon Dom? Uh, that's defensive coordinator Dom Capers, Mike McCarthy, and or GM Ted Thompson. Mark. Well, fall short could create changes. I, I don't think you get rid of Mike McCarthy. I think Dom Capers is a candidate to retire after this season. And Ted Thompson, you know, he got a voice of confidence from from ownership this offseason, but they've got some talented younger guys in the front of us that they could that they could raise up. So why am I continuing to read I don't know. the tweet I like- on screen? <laughs> well, I was, I was assessing. I'm going to say no. I think if you're Green Bay, they, they're not a, a, an organization that kind of throws, throws things in the blender very often. So you, you give him one more shot. He's Teflon Dom for a reason. Uh, he's going nowhere ever. Mike McCarthy, well-loved in that building, uh, it seems like. And Thompson's not going anywhere. In fact, I would think fail in the playoffs also. That could mean losing in the Super Bowl. Right. But I'm assuming it means another divisional loss or maybe they get to the – Conference title game, whatever. Uh, but to answer the question, nobody's going anywhere, especially not Teflon Down. Patrick this- sounds like a Packers fan. He was excited <laughs> about that riff. <laughs> By the way, this is the stupidest thing we've ever done. Well, listen, we are using all our resources to the maximum. We've got, you know, we're missing people. We've added an excellent musician, a guitar man. Next tweet, Ryan Dieter at the Deet 63. When can we expect the fantasy extravaganza? It's Mark's favorite time of year, and it also is the time where we get to send Mark over to his fantasy corner, where it's a very violent place. A lot of crime. Where's the crime rate right now at? Maybe we'll find out later this month. Yeah, I, and more research on that. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah. It's like Been Chicago under, bad. It's yeah, very bad situation. Chicago 68. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or 2017. Let's do some – let's read up on some It's also events, bad. Um, anyway, the answer to that is in three weeks. Next up, Matt Rosen at Matty Rose. Matty Rose has to say this. Will the Shield three-peat with the current skipper or next summer will a George Seifert jump in and take credit for the dynasty? Um, I'll take this one, Mark. Uh, yes, I, I am. Yes, you should. I hung up the cleats on the, the, the famous tweet now. Um, if – some if I did if I don't come back and someone else steps in Seifert for Walsh style and wins the Super Bowl, I think a part of me will be very kind of bummed out. I miss out on that. So uh, Kagongo, play me the blues. I got the retirement blues. I'm telling you right now, you are coming back. I can feel it. <laughs> I just 
I think it's time to step away. No. I think it's time. No. Andy at Falcons underscore Andy. Which book or film has had the greatest impact on you? Well, that's a good one. Mark, I'll, I'll throw it to you on this. Uh, one. You know, I took a look at this one before, and it, it always rotates for me. I love the book of fans notes. Wes and I love it. We both equally love it. I love the book On the Road. I love the film Thin Red Line. I, but I, as a kid, I didn't even discover Thin Red Line until like, I was an adult. So there's many favorite movies and books in my life. Yeah, I would say the early works um, of Chuck Klosterman definitely led to me going through a phase in the mid-2000s where I was unconsciously plagiarizing his writing style. Uh, which everyone goes through those phases, I think, when you're writing, when you fall in love with a writer. Um, uh, um, more recently, I don't know. I don't, re- and I can't really speak to. There's a lot of music that I feel has had a huge impact in my life, uh, but in terms of book or film, I don't, I don't, don't really stand out. To I'll me. tell you one documentary, Sherman's March. Look it up on Netflix. It is insane. Netflix has an amazing library. <laughs> Next up, Jeff Rhino at. Next up, Jeff Rhino at IG in LA Fire. Okay, uh, Brady and Belichick fall off this season. Uh, hashtag slight regression and retire. Which coach slash QB combo has best chance to form the next dynasty? Ooh, I kind of like this one. What do you got, Mark? Huge action to Sean Kaiser. <laughs> Sticking with that. It's a bit. It is not a bit. <laughs> Because the answer is Todd Bowles and Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> I feel like Jeff Rhino did not get the analysis he was looking for there. I really – I'll throw a real one out there. Let's go with uh, – see, I can't do it. I wanted to go Marcus Mariota. I can't get behind uh, – I can't get behind Malarkey. <laughs> I'm sticking with my answer. I fully believe it. You do. You honestly I do fully believe it. believe it. All right. Next up. <laughs> I know you don't believe that. Joe Dirt at Papa Timber 99. Uh, now that LeGarrette Blunt is a member of the Eagles, how do you think it will affect his starting spot on the Patriots? Love it. <laughs> uh, he will be starting for New England by Halloween. Clever, but also insightful. <laughs> Moving on. This one is from uh, Pones. Is that right? Pones at Enrique Pones. A lot of ways you can take this one. Out of the four games in the UK this season, which will be the best slash worst matchup? Okay, do you have the you have the schedule, Mark? I do. Okay, uh, let's 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 uh, go through the games one by one. Okay, so Baltimore Ravens versus Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't go with the at because give me a break. I'm one of them being a home team. So it's basically you get to watch. Three to six Blake Bortles interceptions. Justin Tucker uh, just going goat on the field. Yeah. C, C to C minus. I put that at number four out of the four yeah, for yeah. me. Uh, the next one is Arizona Cardinals, LA Rams. Hmm. Little sauce. A little bit of sauce. What do you think of Gongo? little jet lag. little yes. jet lag. Yes. You're right about that. I like that one. I made that my second, my number two. Okay. I didn't want to go fully in order here. I mean, if the if the Rams are, are saucy this year, if if McVay, in all seriousness, if, if McVay comes in there and he was impressive at the end of All or Nothing and Goff makes strides and that defense looks good, they lost easily, but they, Aaron Donald will be back, and the Cardinals bounce back. Lots to like. Lots to like. Yep. The vision game. There is also a flip side where the Cardinals are in, in 
gradual decline here, and, and the Rams are still the Rams, and it's a bad game. You but get like a 10-9 score. I'm with you, though. I haven't heard the other two games yet, but I'm, right now it's one. Interdivisional, too. So, All right, so you've got Saints-Dolphins. Saints-Dolphins, two 7-9 teams squaring off. I mean, I, I actually enjoyed watching the Dolphins for part of last season. The Saints are eternally on my radar. Yeah. The and, Dolphins it was just a cheap shot at the Dolphins. I enjoyed doing that. Uh, but could be a shootout. Could get excited there. Definitely could. Two, potentially two bad defenses. I put that number three. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put that ahead of the last game. I think it, that's the number two game for me right now. Okay. <laughs> or number one because I haven't heard the last one. Well, the last one. Yes. Is the Vikings versus the Cleveland Browns, Dan. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Locked and loaded is my number one game. I like it. I like the idea that uh, maybe this is the Browns' back ba- bounce back season, and the Vikings. It's early enough in the season; they might be really frisky early on. I'm, we're talking a defensive slugfest. Playoff implications. Or draft implications. Okay. One or the other. Uh, moving on, Tristan Cast- Castello writes, uh, does Mark drink rosé? That's a very, I mean, that's just a straight-up question for you, Mark. That feels insulting. Um, I will be honest, though. If it, were in the, if it were the last thing in the house and it were like midnight and it were Saturday night and I needed, you know, something to top off the evening with, Yeah. I might, but I don't even know if I've ever had rosé. There's nothing. Not, not, David Ely, my boss, drinks it eternally, nonstop. It's a Sunday drink. There you go. He drinks it at brunch. David Ely's not your boss. No, no, no. So like a Sunday afternoon. Not brunch. Sunday afternoon. You're chilling. The weekend's been a little live. This is your rosé guy. Wind yeah. down. Wind down. There you go. That's when I start with the vodka. So, I, you know, we're in different <laughs> worlds here. But yeah. Don't let a little uh, advice to everyone. Don't let anyone ever booze shame you. If you like something, drink it. That I agree. Everybody else F off. Kagongo's loosening up now, and I really like it. Chris Bolding, <laughs> at C Bolding. Which NFL player would you want to pick you up from the airport? Um, I'll start with this one. I think it would depend. Uh, oh, ha- Handsome Hank's behind the glass. Handsome Hank, you want to jump on here? Come on, Hank. come on through. Come on Handsome in, buddy. Hank is here. He's, very, he's a very powerful third-floor entity now. He's a genuine shadowy league figure at this point of his career, which is a compliment. But also 100%. a friend. Also a friend. A friend, but that could be fading as he gets more powerful. The only thing, I've said it many times, the only thing standing between Henry uh, and becoming the commissioner one day is his accent. Will this sport allow an Englishman to actually be the face of the league? I believe he would be a great commissioner. I do too. Can we get past stereotypes? The, The final frontier for the NFL is international domination. So why not say we're going to throw you an olive branch rest of the world and have someone from outside the United States? Yeah, I don't think that's going to be acceptable. The the big issue is is what you can hear right now, my voice. <laughs> Wait, but you have a really good American. I wouldn't say really good, an entertaining American <laughs> yeah. accent. I'm not which sure. Basically Texan. Can we just hear? Yeah, I, I can't imagine the commissioner. All right, I'll uh, give you the line. You ready? Okay. Here you go. Um, I am, uh, I am excited and honored to be named as Roger Goodell's successor as the NFL commissioner. I'm excited and honored to be the commissioner of the NFL. Okay, so you're also from Southern I don't think, Texas. I don't think I could do that. For, That's a little I don't think Jones. we could keep that going for 20 years, well, three press conferences. We have a couple more um, uh, 
Mailbag questions, so I figured. Oh, wow, that's yeah, yeah. exciting. So this one was, which NFL player would you want to pick up from the airport? Um, Why? Just That's a better question. Open-ended. Why would I be picking an NFL player up from an airport? Would you want to would want no, to pick, pick you, you up. up? Oh, to pick me yeah. up. Why would they be picking me? Well, up? I, I, I think we need to worry less worry about the larger life logic of this and just sort of drill down and answer the question. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be if you want if you want meat and potatoes, long trip. I just want to get home. Drew Brees. He's just gonna. He's not gonna be an entertaining conver- conversationalist. He's gonna have ways set up. His phone will be charged. Right. He'll pick you up. The car will be clean. He'll take you home. Uh, if you want kind of a wild card, I don't know. Throw throw one out for me, Mark. A wild card for me, a lot of times like you're flying home, your vacation's over, you're feeling depressed. You always want to extend that vacation one more night. So I want Marcel Darius, who was nailed for essentially like drag racing a couple of years ago. He's going to make it interesting. Right. Los Angeles is going to be ours. Yeah. I like that. I live very close to the airport as well. So I don't, with him, that would be literally over in a minute and a half. We'd be home. Uh, well, if you want to get home really quick, you get Sheldon Richardson. Yeah. Uh, Something another, like that. Yeah. Just like that. Um, let's move on uh, with the next question. This from Logan Newsom at Pick Up the Chisels. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, what are the chances of Dan getting behind a hashtag cancel the Warriors, hashtag save basketball type movement? Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's it's fair, Logan, because, of course, that is I'm really pushing hard to get the Patriots out of the NFL. Um, I don't know if it's it's going to happen, but the pay, the Warriors are getting into that realm now. And poor Hank, whose ultimate fear when he goes on check is that they will swerve to talk about the NBA. <laughs> the first time, and mine, by the way. So, first time yeah. we've ever talked about the NBA right. on the show. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, uh, the same, it's the same situation. You want to have enough competitive balance where you don't go into a new season with a 95% chance knowledge of who's going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yes, I would get behind that movement, but I'm also a sad uh, Knicks fan, uh, so I have no horse in the race either. It's not like it affects me on any level. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to Frank. He is the truth. Him and Porzingis, Knicks 2018. Do it! Shred go. for the Knicks in 2018! <laughs> <laughs> This guy's full of surprises. A much more vibrant campaign than I could get behind is cancel the National Hockey League entirely. <laughs> Remove it <laughs> from it, the planet. Is it still going? Fair Why? Point. Why would you? So many people love the sport. It is time it doesn't to intrude strip on away you on things. Any level. It is time. Well, this is my campaign. I'm not saying anyone else needs to get behind it. These are things that are annoying to me. Hockey would be one of them. Goodbye. You should know that in my ear... Wilk said next tweet as you were beginning the rebuttal there. <laughs> so he's not really plugged in. I can't get behind it either. Next My up, biggest reveal about hockey, by the way, I was watching some of the whatever the final, whatever they call it. and Stanley and Cup. The Stanley Cup. Yeah. There are only three quarters in a hockey game. Period. Well, so it couldn't be, it couldn't be Why a would quarter. You, right, could, exactly. You, can't have, you, you haven't finished yet. Oh, boy. I'm with you. Any any detracting element that you can drum up, I will support. Thank you. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. a bad bad job by hockey. Periods. <laughs> Periods. Uh, Simon Dixon at Ziggy Zepp. I live in Australia and chose, chose to support the Jets several years ago. Uh, what are your life's biggest regret? Woo. Uh, we'll start with you on that one, Mark. That's dark. Um, your biggest regret. I don't, I don't feel like I have a huge lingering regret. Probably like when you're young, like – I was way too uh, kind of like rigid in my thinking. And I think I would like, if I could go back and be like 23 for like two weeks, I would take every risk possible, ask every girl out, go to every single bar, go to multiple countries, like get lost in Ibiza for like 14 days. I mean, I would just redo this carefully planned like section of my youth. 
That's fair. Did it feel carefully planned at the time? No, I don't know. I mean, right, I right. you don't know what. Didn't you end up stranded in Arizona for like? There were years? elements. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying Didn't it was you that way the whole time. Mail fraud. I mean, I don't know how much. How, yeah. How much more? How many more risks you could have taken? Okay, there were some things that did happen. It right. wasn't non-risk taking, but more. Yeah. I was definitely, um, I was definitely really, really bad with women um, all yeah. through through high school into college. And I, as I learned later on, is that you, it, you just have a little bit of confidence in yourself. Um, so similar to what you were saying, that's not my biggest. Everyone regret. who is young is like super beautiful, even if you don't think you are. When you're young, you are. So you got to ride with it. I do like the idea of um, the people that are like, absolutely no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Fool. Uh, any regrets, Patrick? Besides coming on our show today. I have no regrets. I'm in a good space. I just got engaged, so. Oh, well, there hey, you go. You're riding the waves. Very good. Henry, we know you have Young many. I have a lot of regrets. I try not to look at them too too closely because it makes me sad. How about abandoning your homeland? Do you ever feel, does that ever well, creep up on you? Yeah, I mean, you know, what? We, we the, the, the thing that got me expelled from my homeland is probably the biggest regret. What was that? I wasn't, Treason? No, no, I, I, mean, wasn't, I, I, wasn't really, <laughs> I wasn't really expelled. Can you play something kind of about regret? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. A lot of regret. Doleful. Um, Vinny Houseplant, our friend. Uh, Vinny. Vinny. Uh, Dan, I miss the toaster. If game, if the game is dead and will no longer be played and tucked away collecting dust, may I buy it? Love you. I write hits. Um, <laughs> uh, Vinny does write write hits. Um, if you check check him out, look him up on Twitter. Um, I would like the, the toaster game to come back, but it's all about – uh, Wes and whether he wants if he wants it. It's about what Wes right. wants if the fire's still in his belly and it was and that's not even that's not a I'm not insulting Wes. It was very clear and he would acknowledge it that he had lost that edge that feeling that he wanted to compete. The second it comes back, I'd be all for it. The show potentially, or that game show, I should say, if that's what we want to call it, ran its course in Wes's mind at this stage. He'd have to he'd have to change. But it is our Ark of the Covenant, the toaster itself. We're not going to send it. We love you, Vinny, but we're not going to send it to yeah. any one listener right. to possess it. It is unpossessable. That makes sense. As a, as, a, as a big fan of the podcast, I miss that. But I also admire the fact that you guys like great British sitcoms. You know, you knew when it was time to pull the plug. Thank and, you. you know, let's let's move on and do something different. And you've evolved and you've got new bits. Yeah. Shot at American television, by the way. Yeah, great. And uh, <laughs> finally, uh, this one from a friend of the show, a frequent guest of the show, the great Lindsay Rhodes, who uh, gave birth uh, to a beautiful baby girl uh, recently. She'll be coming back soon. She has a uh, question. How much do you guys miss me? A, so much. B, even more than A. C, we're bringing the pod to your house. Uh, parentheses, you're not invited. Uh, D, all the above. Click that for your Emmy reel. What? what? I'm going E. We're shorthanded today. We could have used Liz Lindsay in the studio. Yeah. Stop slacking. Get in here. Kind of like here. the Lions. The e. Lions taking their time to start their training camp. Lindsay, all right, you have, you have two kids now. Nice maternity leave. Let's get to work. Come okay. on in. We need you. Right. The season's about to start. Yeah. So we miss you. What are you doing? We miss you, Lindsay. But get back here. Shred it, Kagongo. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick Kagongo. You did it. 
Just that sound, Eric and Lindsay will be. She's she's just awakened from a slumber. Well, she's at this point, she will have completely written us off. Um, Patrick, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having and, me. And uh, going with the audible there, Henry, stopping by. However t- short our great time to, was It was together, great to see you. We enjoyed it. Uh, a visit from a third floor figure maybe gets all the way to the big chair. Probably not. Probably probably not. But that's good. Thank just you. keep working on it. Keep working on it. Maybe you could defy the odds. Okay. Uh, we will be back on Friday with another show. Thank you uh, to everyone. And remember that you can uh, check us out, nfl.com slash ATN video. Uh, tonight, Wednesday, 930 Eastern, 630 Pacific. Uh, and you can watch this, this bizarre show unfold uh, on video. So uh, until hear from us again. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Handsome Hank, Quiet Storm, Kagongo, Wilk, and Sully behind the glass. What a show. (laughs) Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.